0: Peter Laviolette is the new head coach of the New York Rangers, and we are doing a special mailbag episode. How is Ranger Nation feeling about Peter Laviolette and some other storylines that are currently circling the New York Rangers? We discuss all this and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. All right, welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 851 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code NHL for $20 off of your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And so might as well just jump right into it. I figure, you know, I've talked quite a bit on here about who's going to be the new head coach of the New York Rangers. We went through uh, pretty much every candidate that he possibly come up with and, uh, you know, discuss the pros and the cons of hiring this guy, that guy. And of course, now we've done a couple episodes uh, in the wake of the Rangers hiring Peter LaViolette to be their new head coach. And I figure, you know what? You guys have heard from me enough. I want to hear from you guys. I want to do a mailbag episode, see how you guys are feeling uh, about Peter LaViolette and the fact that uh, he's going to be the head coach of this New York Ranger team going forward. So go ahead and uh, just start things here. Just going to kind of run through a couple of YouTube comment sections. And I'm not able to share the screen right now. I am using, you know, the new recording, you know, software program, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm still kind of figuring that out, but we'll look to do that in the next episode. For right now, I'm just going to read these and, uh, yeah, I'll just kind of discuss everything that you guys uh, commented in the uh, YouTube comment section, which, as we all know, is always just a wonderful place full of positivity and uh, nothing but good things to say. But um, this one comes to us from KillGill1322. Tom Wilson will be a Ranger soon. Yeah, I hope not. And, honestly, even if that could happen, uh, I don't think that – like, if you could get by everything that happened between Tom Wilson and the Rangers, uh, his salary cap hit – just is not going to work for the Rangers right now. It's at it, like what I think it's about $5.1 million, somewhere in that ballpark, and uh, has one year left on his contract. And I just don't think the Rangers uh, are going to do that. Now, maybe, maybe at the trade deadline this upcoming season, it could happen. But I mean, what are the odds of that? I mean, really think about everything that happened between Tom Wilson and this team. You want to talk about like team chemistry and. You know, wanting to have a character locker room. You want to add Tom Wilson to the mix after everything that happened between him and the Rangers. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. I get somewhat of the appeal there. He is obviously a very physical, uh, in-your-face type of player. But, uh, yeah, no, I I just can't see that happening. Uh, We've got a comment here from Mo Livson. As long as Dolan is the owner with with Sather in his ear, we will not win a cup. I can see uh, where you're coming from, and I get the uh, frustration there, but I do feel like uh, it's still possible. It's something that can happen. You go back to just two seasons ago, uh, the Rangers were in the Eastern Conference Final, had a two-games-to-none lead on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I get that you know Dolan can be a pretty meddlesome, meddlesome owner, and that's unfortunate, but by the time you make it that far in the playoffs— Dolan's basically a non-factor. There's not really anything that he can screw up at that point. And the Rangers have had some shots at it. You know, if you go back the last like 15 or so years, I believe they've been in the Eastern conference final or deeper, uh, four times and they just haven't been able uh, to complete the run. But you know, once you make it that far in the playoffs, you've got a shot at it. And certainly when you're in the Stanley cup final, as the Rangers were in 2014 against the Kings, you've got a shot at it. Once you get that far, uh, there's not really much the owner can do good or bad to affect the team. Um, it's just going to come down to the players and, uh, who plays better hockey and ultimately loses the Stanley cup. But I, I get the frustration and uh, there's probably other owners around the league that you would rather have uh, as opposed to uh, Dolan. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, it feels like another Gerard Glant hire. I think this is referring of course to Peter Laviolette. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't really see that to me. Uh, Gerard Glant always was kind of uh, a little bit of a player's coach. I get the feeling this comes to us by the way, from Daniel Montez. Uh, he was the one that sent in this comment. Uh, I get the comparison in the sense that both these guys have coached multiple teams. They're kind of both NHL lifers. Uh, They bounce around the league a little bit. So I can see that. Um, But I feel like that's about where the similarities really end. You know, Gerard Gallant, very much a player's coach, very much kind of leaves them to their own devices. And uh, there's a lot of freedom for a Gerard Gallant coach team. And while initially that seemed like it worked for the rangers toward the end, it wasn't really working for the rangers Peter Laviolette's going to come in and do things his way and uh, be a disciplinarian, hold guys accountable. I really believe he's one of those coaches that he doesn't really care about your status in this league or how much money you're making. He's going to trust what he sees game to game. And the players that are playing the best, and this should be common sense, but it's not always common sense. The players that are playing the best are going to get the most ice time. He doesn't care, um, again, what your status is. What your typical role is? He's gonna roll with the guys that he thinks give him the best chance to win, and um, yeah, his team seem to play with a serious edge that I think at times in the past is bordered on dirty. I mean, I've said that in the past. I can't go back on it now. Um, but yeah, I don't really see a ton of similarities other than the fact that again, they've they've both been around for a while, and they do kind of both bounce from team to team. Let's see what else we got here. We've got uh, this kind of goes to what I was just saying. We've got a comment from Agent Smith Two Twelve. His teams play on the edge, Laviolette. He's talking about the Caps were really annoying to play last year. Yeah, I agree. Those games against the Capitals just weren't really a lot of fun. They were stressful. And really, that's something that I have kind of felt over the years. Uh when the Rangers play Peter Laviolette teams, it tends to be just kind of a knockdown, drag out, war of attrition, so to speak, where you're just trying to outlast the other team. They're gonna hit, they're gonna be very, very physical, uh, they're gonna be in your face, and they're a team that uh, you know, if, if they're coached by Peter Laviolette plays with a lot of urgency and certainly a lot of edge as well. You know, when Laviolette was coaching the Flyers, those games between the Rangers and Flyers were just nasty. Uh, certainly the Capitals, everything I just mentioned with Tom Wilson, uh, that pretty much speaks for itself. And uh, even the Predators, you know, when he was coaching the Preds and the Rangers and Preds don't play each other that much, but those games uh, against Peter Laviolette with the Predators, uh, to me, they they were always kind of, you know, knock down, drag out battles as well, where you just kind of got to outlast the other team and um kind of play their game and throw it right back at them. That's kind of the only choice when you're going up against a Peter LaViolette team, which usually uh, tends to play physical and uh, play with an edge. Uh, you're going to have to to bring it every night when you're playing a team uh, that is coached by Peter LaViolette, or at least that's been the case in, in the past. Uh, we've got a comment here from I-L-B-A-I-K. I have no idea how to pronounce that, so I'm sorry. Uh, but I was talking in this episode a little bit about the quick hook with the Rangers, and this is what... Uh, This person had to say about it. Quick hook is the theme of the story in this organization. I think they deconstructed bit early for the past team and quickly did away with rebuilding with little success. They had they are nowhere near Stanley Cup caliber team and prospects pool that they got aren't that deep by finishing rebuilding mode early. No stability. They want quick turnaround. That's a recipe for disaster. So I get what you're saying here, but I don't really think the Rangers really did anything to sort of overplay their hand over these last couple of seasons. I mean, look, they've had some really good teams, some teams that were going to make the playoffs over these last two years and teams that should be buyers at the trade deadline. I thought for the most part, the Rangers did this rebuild uh, the way that you're supposed to do it. You know, you acquire draft picks, you trade away, you know, veteran players while you can still get something for them. I mean, we could go through all the names, Girardi, McDonough, Zuccarello. Uh, You could even throw Grabner in there, Kevin Hayes. They moved on from these guys uh, before it was too late to move on from them. They got younger. uh, They stockpiled some draft picks. Some of the draft picks worked out. Some of them did not. Um, But I think for the most part, I I don't feel like they ever really overplayed their hand here. You know, two years ago, going into the deadline, they had a great team. And and they'd be doing their own team a disservice if they didn't uh, at least do something to make them better post-trade deadline. You give away just a fourth-round pick for Frank Vetrano. Uh, You give away, I think it was like a fifth rounder for Tyler Mott. It wasn't anything that significant that year. You know, Andrew Kopp was the one that, you know, maybe they overplayed their hand a little bit, but you know what, man? They went for it. I'm never going to fault a team for, you know, making a move that they feel is going to make the team better. Uh, And the Rangers were having a heck of a season that year. Igor Shosturkin was having a goaltending season for the ages. So I wouldn't have wanted to see the Rangers just say, well, you know what? We're not quite ready yet. Let's not buy. Let's just stay the course here. No, you don't know when you're going to get that opportunity again. You don't know when the pieces are going to fall into place the way they were falling into place for the Rangers uh, two years ago. And Andrew Kopp, again, you know, for him, it was uh, two second rounders. One of them was a conditional first, and that condition ended up being met. But what you got from him was a good all-around player, a Swiss Army knife, and somebody that, you know, fit right in with the Rangers and did a nice job while he was here. So, no, I, I don't think that they really jumped the shark as far as, you know, trying to get out of the rebuild too quickly. You know, they, they did what they had to do. Uh, let's see, uh, there was something else that I wanted to talk about here, uh, Mike Keenan. So there have been a couple of comments left in, in recent episodes of Locked on New York Rangers in YouTube, and of course, you know, you see this kick up every so often on Twitter as well. It's not just in response to things that I do or things that I tweet or episodes that I post. You know, Ranger Nation in general uh, does tend to look back at Mike Keenan very fondly, and rightfully so because he did win the Stanley Cup. But in just a second, I'm going to address the people that wanted Mike Keenan to come back and coach this team. And uh, explain why I essentially just think it probably would have been a terrible idea. But uh, we are going to do that and a whole bunch of other stuff in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better. Than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com/lockdownnhl and enter promo code, locked on NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. Once again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and enter the promo code Locked On NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers. Your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And uh, for the everydayers, definitely stick around. We're going to be covering this team from all angles going forward. Probably a couple more you know, episodes where we talk about Laviolette at least a little bit. Also want to turn our attention back to this year's upcoming unrestricted free agent class and talk about you know, which players... Uh, the Rangers might want to make a play for. We'll continue to talk about the Rangers' own free agents, and if anything's happening there, if there's any you know momentum to one of those players re-signing. And uh, the NHL buyout window now officially open, so we're going to keep an eye on that, see if any players around the league get bought out, see if the Rangers buy anybody out, but I, I don't think that's really all that likely to happen. Um, but, you know, if somebody gets bought out and we think that they could be a rebound candidate, they could be a fit for the Rangers, uh, certainly we will talk about those players going forward. But for right now, let's go ahead Stick with, uh, you know, the uh, the mailbag episode here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to read one comment about Mike Keenan. And, you know, we get basically some version of this comment. There's been a couple of uh, Mike Keenan comments over the last handful of episodes. But basically, it always comes down uh, to something along these lines here. This one comes to us from Walter montesi 2226 uh, You can lie to yourself in minimizing the despicable choice not to hire Mike Keenan. I guess if I was a Ranger fan, I would too. After all, what's done is done. The 2023-24 Rangers will not have similar success as to the 1993-1994 Rangers. Who, oh boy, where do I start? Um, with Mike Keenan, I, I listen. I let me preface this whole thing by saying I will forever be thankful for what Mike Keenan did while he was here. Obviously, it's a very short stay. Uh, He was only here for one season, 1993, 1994, but he led that team to the only Stanley cup that it has won in the past 83 years. Uh, He did so by being, you know, really tough on the players, a complete uh, disciplinarian, very, very strict, obviously very demanding. Um, But once Mike Keenan left the New York Rangers, at least in the NHL, he had essentially no success. I, I mean, none Keenan, after he left the Rangers coached five other NHL teams, blues, Canucks, Bruins, Panthers, Flames. He coached those five teams uh, for a total of at least parts of 11 seasons. He never lasted a full three seasons with any of those five teams uh, that I just mentioned there. Once again, Blues, Canucks, Bruins, Panthers, Flames. He coached all five of them after the Rangers. Never lasted a full three seasons with any of them. Of those 11 seasons that he coaches, that he coached, he made the playoffs with those teams a grand total of four times out of 11 seasons, four out of 11. And keep in mind, this is an era where more than half the teams in the NHL made the playoffs right now. It's exactly half. You got 32 teams, 16 get in, uh, but the Kraken only joined recently. So for a lot of years there, it was more than half of the teams in the NHL uh, making the playoffs. And of course the Knights joined uh, fairly recently as well. Um, So, we, we know that he only made it four out of 11 years, but what happened for those seasons that he actually made the playoffs, the four seasons that he brought his team to the playoffs? Uh, take a guess how many playoff series he won in the four years out of 11 that he actually made the playoffs after he left the New York Rangers. How many playoff series did he win in that time? One. One playoff series win in 11 years for Mike Keenan. Uh, he last coached in the NHL in 2009. He last won a Stanley Cup playoff series in 1996. Clearly, whatever was working for Mike Keenan early in his career with the Rangers and with the Blackhawks before the Rangers, uh, whatever success he was enjoying with those teams, however he got it done, however he instilled a certain mindset into his team and it led to success, clearly that was no longer working toward the second half of his career. We're not talking about like one bad stop, you know, one uneventful or one unsuccessful uh, coaching tenure for Mike Keenan. We're talking about five five teams he went to after the Rangers never had the slightest iota of success. And again, I will forever be thankful for whatever Keenan did. And I mean, there's, there's books that have been written about the 1994 Ranger championship team. And there's documentaries. I highly encourage you guys to check those out. It's, it's very fascinating. And again, Mike Keenan, it worked for, you know, what the Rangers had at the time. They had an excellent team and clearly his message was heated and everything, but obviously he's somewhere along the line, lost his fastball a little bit. You know, there's a reason why, All these episodes I was doing talking about all these different candidates Uh, who could end up coaching the Rangers. There's a reason I never talked about Mike Keenan. I talked about basically every coach that I thought there was even the slightest sliver of chance that they could become the next head coach of the New York Rangers. I didn't talk about Mike Keenan because he's not a realistic option. Honestly, I think it would be kind of embarrassing if the Rangers went with Mike Keenan uh, to coach this team going forward. He's 73 years old and, again, has not coached in this league in 14 years, has not won a Stanley Cup playoff series uh, since 1996. How many years is that? What are we talking, 27 years? My God, it's time to move on. It's time to find another coach. Mike Keenan is not the only coach, not the only person on this planet capable of uh, doing some good things with the New York Rangers. Again, I realize he's the only one to win a Stanley Cup, but it's time to move forward into the future. It's not 1994 anymore. Uh, Mike Keenan's time has come and gone. As a head coach in the league, it would certainly seem. And if you bring in Mike Keenan, I mean, you're just desperately trying to cling on to something that happened almost 30 years ago. It will be 30 years ago by the time the next Stanley Cup champion Uh, Is crowned. So Mike Keenan was never going to happen. It never should happen. It should never have even been a consideration for this team. And that's why I didn't talk about him. I wanted to at least address it here because it's been brought up every so often. Uh, But we're moving on. Peter Laviolette is the next head coach of the New York Rangers. I love this comment. It comes from What Up, Doggy44. Uh, We are all the biggest losers. This was the episode. Okay. So this is the episode where I was talking about the biggest winners and losers of the Peter Laviolette hire. What Up, Doggy44 says, We are the biggest losers because we are Ranger fans and they won't win a championship anytime soon. So let's all be sad together. Um, I'm going to try to be a little bit more optimistic than that. I get the frustration. I I get that feeling, man, where you feel like there's no way your team is ever going to win another championship. I've felt that with the Rangers for a long time. I try to be optimistic. You know, they do knock on the door every so often. They do get close every so often. We saw them get close as recently as two seasons ago. Uh, Now it's just about them. Um, you know, finishing the the journey. As a quick aside here, uh, I let this cat out of the bag a, a while back. For football, I'm actually a 49er fan. Uh, I kept that to myself for a while when I first started ho- hosting Locked On New York Raiders. I think everybody probably just assumed I was either a Giant fan or a Jet fan, but I'm actually Niners in football. The last time they won a championship was 1994 as well. They won the Super Bowl that year. And um, it's the same thing as the Rangers. They always get close, or they at least uh, a handful of times after the past 30 years have gotten close, but they never finish the run. So uh, it's rough, man. Rangers-Niners is a tough combination for sure. Uh, We got a a, uh, a comment from uh, ILBAIK again. I want to see Brent Hoffman play in a Rangers jersey. I think you're going to get your wish sooner or later. I've been saying all along, I don't think Brent Hoffman is going to make Uh, The Rangers' opening night roster this upcoming season. I I feel like they're going to, with him, maybe err on the side of caution at least a little bit. You know, we've seen some Ranger forwards skip the AHL, and, you know, hindsight being 2020, you think like, ah, maybe maybe Kako should have started in the AHL. Maybe Lafreniere should have started in the AHL. Uh, I think with Brian Othman, you're going to see that with him next season. You're you're not going to see them rush him along. Uh, If the Rangers need a spark or if somebody gets injured, he might get his opportunity. And the first time he gets called up to the Rangers, I feel like they want to 100% make sure he's ready and make sure that there's a, a good to great chance that he's never going to be sent down it's uh, the Wolfpack ever again. Once Brian Hoffman makes that jump, once he's a member of the New York Rangers, I think the Rangers want to be in a position where he's there for good. And uh, like I said, I think they might wait a little while at the start of this upcoming season. But when he starts lighting up the AHL, which I think he will, and or when the Rangers need a spark, and or whenever there's an injury, uh, you will see Brian Hoffman playing for this Ranger team at some point this upcoming season. It's just a matter of when. And I don't think it'll be opening night, but I don't think it'll be too long after that uh, either. So definitely looking for that. Uh, we got a comment from Bulk Crusha 6299. Brett Howden got a cup. We are soft and weak, like I said, all season. I told everyone we sucked last year, and you all haters cried all year. Well, get ready to cry again. Mr. Crusha, are you a Ranger fan? Because, uh, okay, so we're the haters for being optimistic and being hopeful about the New York Rangers, but you're not the hater because you told everybody that the team sucks. And then they lost in the first round, and you were proven right. I don't really see the logic there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the YouTube comment section is certainly an interesting place. Uh, We've got a comment here from Rich Ranger Rich. Still missing Pavel Buchnevich. Was our best five-on-five forward, best all-around forward, best plus-minus numbers. What a horrible trade. And then uh, there is a username who responded to this. I can't say the full name because I, I like my job here, but we'll just call him Dr. Press. Uh, absolutely makes me sick to think about Blay was an absolute waste. And then, uh, comment from Laura Foss, two, three, three, nine, you're crazy. We ain't missing Pavel like that at all. He wasn't our best all around forward. Any season he played at the New York Rangers, he turned it up last season and then really took off once he left, but was never, uh, our best forward. You're bugging. Yeah, so a lot to unpack here. I think for sure the Rangers do miss Pavel Buchnevich. Um, obviously, as I've talked about on here a lot, uh, I do think right wing is their weakest position. It, it's the position that they're thinnest at, and obviously that's his position, and uh, somebody that was starting to come into his own during his last few days uh, with the New York Rangers. As far as uh, the second comment that laments uh, you know, trading Buchnevich for Sammy Blay, I said all along, I don't think that trade was really about acquiring Sammy Blay. I, I think there were three things that that trade was about. The first one being that the Rangers knew they could get a draft pick, uh, a fairly high draft pick. Believe it was a second rounder for Pavel Buchnevich The second being that, and this is kind of one and one A, you could interchange either one of these. Uh, the second one being that they didn't feel like they could re-sign Pavel Buchnevich long-term. He got $5.8 million for four years. You have to accommodate Pavel Buchnevich and his $5.8 million cap hit uh, for four straight seasons. The Rangers didn't feel like they could do that. And when you look at their cap situation right now, you can kind of see why. And we could discuss like, oh, they should have never got Trocheck; They should have held on to Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, hindsight's always 20, 20 Although I do know there are some Ranger fans that right from the start uh, absolutely hated that trade. I wasn't the biggest fan of it either. It was just one of those trades that I didn't like it, but I kind of understood it. The third thing from that trade and what I think was the Rangers' smallest priority of the entire thing was getting Sammy Blay. I, I don't think they ever saw Sammy Blay as somebody that was going to come in here and be better than Pavel Buchnevich, but he was going to be more affordable than Pavel Buchnevich. He's somebody that could round out your bottom six, play physical hockey, and uh, look, it didn't work out with Sammy Blay uh, with the New York Rangers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think the Rangers miss Pavel Buchnevich. I know Ranger fans, there are some that will never forgive Drury for that trade. Believe me, they will never forgive him because this topic comes up uh, fairly frequently here on locked on New York Rangers. But again, it's one of those things where I just don't think that they felt that they could afford him. So they had to trade him, try to get something uh, in return for him. i uh, got to keep everything rolling with uh, some more comments from you guys in the YouTube comments section. Definitely looking forward to that whole bunch of other stuff to get into here. And uh, we're going to do that in just a second. But first do have to let everybody know that today's episode of locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are about to have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use code Lockdown NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Lockdown NHL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute ticket tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's go ahead. and Keep everything rolling here. Take a couple more uh, questions and comments from you guys in the YouTube section before we call it a day. Here, uh, this one comes to us from a Louis. 001. We were the biggest. That's the second time I'm, I'm reading the, a comment like this. We were the biggest losers in the postseason. And if we don't fix the player development system, the losing will continue. Yeah, the player development system uh, needs to get better. I, I don't want to sit here and make it sound like there have been no success stories as far as, you know, Rangers, homegrown Rangers coming up through the system, developing, turning into very good NHL players. I mean, you look at the roster right now. Uh, I think Chris Kreider is a success story. Keandre Miller, I know Ranger fans go a little bit hot and cold on him, but I think overall he's done a nice job through the first three years of his NHL career. Braden Schneider has obviously shown a lot of promise. Uh, Igor Sestirkin, I, I realized a lot of that maybe you could chalk that up to the fact that he was going to be great no matter what, and also the fact that the Rangers, I think, had the best goalie coach in the world. Um, but it's not like again they they have a they have a situation here where uh, nobody develops at all. Philip Hedl, a mini breakout season uh, this past season as well. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, look, you look at some of the, the first-round draft picks that the Rangers have taken over the last handful of years, whether it's Nils Lundqvist, Vitaly Krassoff Leah Sanderson, Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco. I mean, some of those guys aren't even with the team anymore. Most of them aren't with the team anymore. Um, so, certainly all five of those guys that I just mentioned, you would have expected a little bit more from. And I do think that at a certain point here, uh, the Rangers have to come under fire, and they, they have been, but they have to come under even more fire for the inability to develop Um, you know, they're young players, they're young prospects, they're high draft picks. It just, they don't seem to be as good at it as other teams in the NHL. And as I mentioned, there are some success stories. I can't make it sound like every player that the Rangers draft just turns into a complete bust and never does anything in the NHL. But, uh, certainly there's teams that do a little bit better, uh, with their early draft picks, uh, than the Rangers do. All right. Keep everything rolling here. Let's see, uh, do something else with LaViolette here. This one comes to us from... Steven Greco 504. It was, it was really the only move. He's talking about Peter Laviola, of course. It really was the only move. I'm not getting excited, but I'm totally willing to give him a shot. The personality, makeup of this team and their softness would be tough for any coach, honestly. These guys were cut out for him, that's for sure. Quenville would have been perfect had it not been for all that stuff that went down in Chicago, but it did, unfortunately. Only other guy would be Sullivan outside of those two. Lav is the third best. So, like I said, these guys work cut out for him with this group. Yeah, again, I, I was no part of Joel Quinville, and to my knowledge, he has not even been reinstated into the NHL uh, as of this moment. So, it's it's really a moot point there. Uh, Mike Sullivan, yeah, I mean, the track record speaks for itself. Obviously, uh, a couple of Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins there, but honestly, man. I it goes back to something that I talked about, Lavi but With Mike Sullivan even more so, I just have always looked at him as, you know, he's the enemy of the New York Rangers. He's the coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I know old school fans are going to tell me, uh, oh, the Rangers' biggest rivalry is the Islanders. That'll never change. Uh, you should have been watching in the 80s and, you know, the 70s and all that. Unfortunately, I wasn't watching back then. So I, I have no doubts. Look, I'm sure the intensity was off the charts for those games, and it got really nasty uh, between those two teams. If Twitter existed right back then in those eras, uh, the whole thing would have probably burnt down with the things Ranger fans and Islander fans would have been saying to each other. Um, but for me, the Rangers rivalry, biggest rivalry, most intense rivalry, most bitter rivalry, most, uh, basically toxic rivalry over the past five years, 10 years, 15 years, however far you want to go back here. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins and yeah, Sullivan's a great coach, but you know what? Let's find our own great coach and let's find somebody, uh, that can beat Mike Sullivan and the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jar Gallant and the Rangers. Beat Mike Sullivan and the Pittsburgh Penguins just two years ago in dramatic fashion in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, just one of my absolute favorite moments as a New York Ranger fan. Man, I'm, I'm getting excited for Ranger hockey just thinking about it. I know this past season was a little bit of a letdown, but man, that was just an awesome moment. And um, yeah, I mean, Sullivan to me, he was never going to be available. Were, were the Penguins really going to fire a coach that's led them to two Stanley Cups and let him walk right over to the New York Rangers? I Probably not. So. Yeah, I just don't ever know how realistic that was. But, yeah, LaViolette, I mean, I've talked myself into it a little bit. I've gotten a little bit more positive about it. It's an extremely safe hire, as I've been saying, but a safe hire does not always necessarily mean a, ba- a bad hire. And uh, we hope that's the case here uh, with uh, with LaViolette and the New York Rangers. All right, so here's another comment about um, Peter LaViolette. This one comes to us from Bastienk44, uh, talking about LaViolette here. At least he won a cup in this era When was the last time we won one? I watched it way back in 1994. I'm embarrassed that we haven't won one since. It better not be another 54 years before we win another one. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think you said it, man. I I hope it's not that long either. Um, It's crazy that uh, this team, you know, it's the New York Rangers. It's an original six team. It's a place that you would think a lot of good players would want to come play. And I think at times that has been the case. And look, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the Rangers have made a lot of, you know, pretty deep runs in the last 10 or 12 seasons here, but it's just finishing it that they can't ever quite seem to do. Um so, yeah, I mean if it's another 54 years, god help us all. Hopefully it's not that long. Um and if it's longer, god help us all even more. God help us. God help our grandchildren if it if it's much longer than 54 years. Uh let's see. What else do we want to get to here? How about uh Big Red 01027? Uh, He is responding to something I mentioned in this episode about, you know, the idea that the Rangers were maybe waiting for Sullivan or Keefe. I never really got the Keefe hype, but I I think that maybe the Rangers at least were keeping an eye on that situation. But this is what big red 01027 had to say. Were the Rangers really waiting for Keefe? If so, wow, that would have been a worse hire than Gallant, Laviolette or damn near anyone else. Yeah. I really wasn't on board with the Keefe hype train. If there even was a Keefe hype train, because you know, again, that's somebody who has obviously had success with the Maple Leafs, but their big thing is they just can't seem to get it done in the playoffs. And I realize they finally, at least, won a playoff series. They knocked out the Lightning, and good on them for doing that. But uh, for the most part, they just uh, they look like deer in headlights when the playoffs start. Do to the Toronto Maple Leafs? So uh, I was never really about Sheldon Keith uh, coming to the Rangers either. Uh, let's see what else we got here. So this one comes to us from Mario Vaccarella. Uh, Peter Laviolette is getting at least three years, unless I'm wrong. And then he also went on to say, it's usually the coach and the players are polar opposite. Let's see what happens with Peter Laviolette. But unless I'm wrong, it might be another mismatch. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I mean, at first, it kind of feels like, you know, you look at this higher, it kind of feels like it's a little bit of what the Rangers need because, you know, Peter Laviolette, again, he's somebody that's disciplinarian. He's going to hold everybody accountable. He's going to demand your best effort on a night in and night out basis. And in that playoff series against the Devils, uh, I don't think we got the Rangers' best effort in a night-in-night-out basis. Look, you play 82 games in the regular season. These guys aren't robots. They're human. They, they have things going on in their lives just like we all do. So I would never say – like, I get that not every game can be Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final during the 82-game regular season. I get that. You wouldn't be able to stand if you treated all 82 games of the regular season like that come playoff time. So I understand that. Um, but for the effort to be locking in the playoffs – That's just really surprising and really unfortunate. And it's caused a lot of Ranger fans to think less of the, uh, the core group of players on this team. And I can uh, understand that to a certain extent. Um, Peter Laviolette though, he's not going to let that happen. How will his personality mesh with some of the Rangers in that locker room? I mean, I think it'll mesh good for guys like uh, Jacob Truba. If Barclay Goodrow is still here, he's somebody that I think would, would click with Laviolette. As far as guys, you know, I mentioned Panera might be one of the losers of this whole thing because he won't have as much freedom with Peter Laviolette as he might have had with a more laid-back uh, coach like Gerard Gallant. Um, so it's an interesting question. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe he can bring that fire a little bit more out of guys like Chris Kreider, out of guys like Mika Zibanejad, guys that, um, you know, are, are supposed to be, you know, the leaders of this team. We, we need to see a little bit more fire and brimstone out of players like those. Um, so it's going to be an interesting, you know— Situation to see how the whole thing uh, meshes here. Um, But I do think the Rangers had to go in a different direction and not bring in another player's coach. If the Rangers weren't going to get it done for Gerard Gallant and they felt like uh, he wasn't the right guy for the job and, um, you know, again, the effort was lacking in the playoffs under the player's coach, then I think it's time to go in the opposite direction and get somebody that uh, will go in there and uh, kick butt and take names and, um, you know, obviously hold guys accountable. Let's see what else we want to go to here. Uh, let's see. Going to another video here. So this one this is another episode that I did. Uh, this is actually one of the shorter videos, just a quick reaction to Peter Laviolette uh, becoming the next head coach of the New York Rangers. And this one, we got a comment here from Michael RC1KT: um, Four cups in almost 100 years. Yeah, another example of why. Look, I get the frustration, and that is a long period of time to only win four Stanley Cups, especially when you consider that the rangers for a lot of years were playing in a league where there were only six teams and they still couldn't win the stanley cup with any sort of uh regularity um but you know you got to give laviolette a chance here i mean peter laviolette is not the cause of the rangers winning so few stanley cups in such a long amount of time he hasn't even coached a game for the rangers yet so uh let's go ahead and um you know at least give him an opportunity here uh mikey scott 90210 he's not feeling this hire either jury blew it this is a terrible hire won't make it past year two. Yeah, I uh, I mentioned the possibility that Pierre LaViolette, it's at least possible, depending on how the season goes, it ends up being one and done with the Rangers. And that's, I don't think that should happen. I, I feel like he should get two years pretty much no matter what, unless the team is just a complete disaster and they quit on him. And at that point, if they quit on another coach, and I think the players need to look in the mirror. But if that does happen, uh, I think the idea of a, a one and done is not, off the uh table for Peter Laviolette, but at a certain point, man, you gotta get behind one of these coaches. You gotta uh let them be there for a little while, you know, create an identity with this team, get some kind of a rapport with the players. Um I'm hopeful that you know he does make it past year two. I mean, hey, if they can just win a Stanley Cup in one of these first two years, then I, I think he'll have some job security. But yeah, no, I mean you never know it with the Ranger coaching position because uh after year one with Gerard Gallant, I never in a million years would have thought that he he would be fired after year two, but Ah, uh, here we are. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Uh, let's go with. Uh, let's go with uh, comment here from Eric Shaw. Uh, again, th- this video did not have a lot of positive comments here as far as La Violette is concerned. But Eric says that really sucks. Very disappointing choice by Drury. Uh, Again, I I disagree. I do feel like uh, overall, you know, of all the retread options available, and we could talk about if we wanted the Rangers to be a little bit bolder, uh, you know, going forward um, with their coaching decision. But I think of all the retreads available, you look at his track record, you look at the fact that he's won pretty much everywhere he's been. I think Peter LaViolette was the best choice of the bunch. But to switch gears a little bit here, talk about something other than LaViolette to, uh, you know, conclude today's episode. I did an episode where we took a look at a couple of different uh, impending UFAs from around the league. And uh, you guys left a couple of comments there as well. Uh, This one comes to us from John Murrow. one Just what they need, another slow-plotting ancient player who brings next to nothing other than face-punching. Perry is washed, so is Patches. He's talking about Max Patch already. Guy can't play 10 games before getting hurt. Foss is going to cost too much for what he brings. And in what universe is he going to take less money than he's making now, even on a longer deal? They're stuck with what they got. That's why they fired the coach. So a lot to unpack here for uh, Mr. John Murrow here. Uh, So with Corey Perry, look, I acknowledge in this episode there is some serious risk with signing somebody like Corey Perry. But saying that he's washed, I mean, he had 25 points as a fourth liner last season in limited ice time. And everybody's always talking about how they want the Rangers to play a little bit more edge, a little bit more bite, a little bit more nastiness. Corey Perry, I don't care how old he gets. He can bring you that in spades, uh, regardless of what team he's playing on. So uh, Perry, uh, somebody that for... You know, a reasonable price, a one-year contract, I, I think is certainly somebody who is on the table for the New York Rangers. yes, uh, Perfas. yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, there might be a situation here where he ends up getting maybe a little bit too much money for what he brings. I mean, he doesn't have, you know, a ton of points every season. Um, As far as him taking less money than he makes now in a longer deal, the thing there is there are players that do that because, yes, they're taking less money per year, but they're also, they've got long-term security and they know that that money is coming to them uh, one way or another. So if Jesper Foss has to choose between, you know, very hypothetically speaking, whether the Rangers are involved in this or not, a five-year deal worth $1.75 million per season or a three-year deal worth $2 million per season, yes, the former contract is less money per year, but it's more money coming his way over the long haul. And that's why players, I think at times, uh, do do that. That's certainly what Vincent Trochik did uh, this past off season. Uh, and as far as... Uh, Let's get to a couple other comments here. Mario Bettino, 6095. Jesper Foss sounds great. So does Corey Perry. Yeah, I mean, again, the the Rangers, they're kind of limited. To begin with, it's kind of a weak free agent class this year. There's not any, or at least not that many superstar franchise altering players available out there. Um, But as far as the Rangers are concerned, that might actually be a good thing because they can't afford players like that anyway. You got to go after complimentary players. And I think Jesper Foss or Corey Perry, under the right circumstances, the right price, uh, they do uh, make some sense for the New York Rangers. I figure we could pretty much end on that. Uh, But once again, thank you guys, as always, for checking out the Locked On New York Ranger podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.